Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 47th episode of VisionCon Live, your go-to nerdy talk show. I'm your host, Zach Wilson, but you didn't come here to see me today. You can't. Let's meet the woman of the hour. She's Hibiki from How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift, Inca from Fire Force, Neva from Attack on Titan, just to name a few. She's got the voice of an angel and the wit of a rogue. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome the one, the only, Maddie Morris. Maddie, how are we doing today? We're doing so good and so much better now. Can I, I'm going to hire you as my personal hype man. Can Ooh. I do that? What do you, what would you charge? Oh, careful what you wish for. It's very <laughs> Maddie, it's great to see you. And I got to be honest, uh, 2021 hasn't exactly had the greatest of starts. So we kind of need these times more than ever. Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, and I'm very happy to be here. I'm so excited. Well, and when you did get back to me and said you'd love to be on the show, there was a funny anecdote that I did want to share, but we'll get to that in a minute. But first, to start us off, Maddie, obviously you were making huge waves in the industry. You're becoming a household name. But what I want to know is how did we get here? Was showbiz always the plan or did something happen later on in life that kind of brought us to where we are today? So I, I wound up in anime by accident. And that's, okay. that's always what I tell, you know, there's always the, the, how did you get into voiceover? And most of the time, that's not so much a, an I want to hear your personal story question as much as it is, uh, I would like to glean information on how I too can do this. And I don't have a whole lot to offer there because it was an accident. Um, but I, uh, I graduated high school. Um, and I think in my last semester of high school, I went, you know what? I want to do theater. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be good. Um, and the plan was like, I'm going to go major in like business or something <laughs> and get a minor in theater and do, you know, stage shows around Dallas and whatever. Um, and my first semester into college, I found out that I hated the program that I was in. And I went, well, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, and I dipped. Um, and so the, the day that I just, I can probably pinpoint the day that I decided that I needed to do theater for the rest of my life. Um, and I got like, I got a summer internship at a, at a theater in Dallas and it was an incredible experience. Um, not to mention the fact that the show that I worked on, the very first professional stage play that I ever worked on starred um, Chuck Huber and Austin Tyndall and Aaron Roberts. Oh my, God. Uh, my fellow voice actors, um, and I largely blame them for making me enjoy being in show business. Um, it's their fault. Blame them for everything. Um, but uh, it was it was amazing. It was incredible. It was a wonderful experience. I really really loved it, and I decided that you know I'm like this is what I'm going to do. And I was a I was a theater technician. I wound up being a stage manager for a really long time. Um, I got into sound design. I got into lighting design. Um, I did a bunch of like deck crew building stuff for a long time. It's the best shape I'd ever been in in my life. And, you know, kind of missed that. Um, but uh, at some point I went, I need to start acting again. And I started going to auditions and going to auditions and going to auditions. And kind of all at once, um, I booked a couple of shows on stage. Like I booked some like like a parody late night and like a melodrama and, a, you know, um, at small regional theaters around here, and uh, I stumbled into an open call audition at Funimation. And I there's a there's like a a, a weekly newsletter um, that goes out uh, for all of the like Dallas Fort Worth area live theaters, and there's some film stuff in there, but it's got like all of the current 
like audition listings. And I scrolled, I'm looking through it one day and it was like Funimation Entertainment. And I went, ha! <laughs> like, well, well. I'm like, I'm an actor. I grew up watching anime. Like, let's go give this a shot. And by that point, I had worked with a lot of people who were in the anime industry already. Um, and I, I had worked with them. I had taken classes with them and, you know, had their names and, you know, like references on my resume. And so I took, you know, I was the little theater kid and I took my head, took my headshot and resume into my audition for a voice <laughs> thing. Um, and uh, Tyler, Tyler Walker, uh, I believe, was the person running my, my open call audition. And he was like, oh, hey, okay, you know Kent Williams. And I went, uh, yeah, we were together. <laughs> he goes, cool. All right. And like he, like, he had my, like, he was looking at it, he was looking through it, and I'm like, okay, this feels right. And I've never had that experience since um, in, a, in a voice audition. Like, nobody, nobody cares about your resume in a voiceover audition, uh, which is something that I kind of wish I had known sooner. Um, but uh, I, yeah, and I, I, I immediately started like booking fairly consistently, and I started doing like wallet and bits and really small stuff. Um, but it took me about six months to like book my first recurring character, and then less than a, in less than a year, I I booked a, a lead in a show, which is ridiculous. That's unheard of. Nobody does that. Sure. And like, I I'm so unbelievably lucky, um, and that is not lost on me at all. Um, and uh, there was a point, I guess, about a couple of years ago, where I had to really decide, like, am I going to commit? more of my time to doing stage work or am I going to try to commit more of my time to being available and open for voiceover stuff and I kind of weighed my options and the more opportunities that were opened to me in voiceover the more I just kind of drifted in that direction and thank god I did because otherwise I wouldn't be working at all right now <laughs> um because I don't I don't know if you I don't know if you uh, know this. I don't know if you uh, were aware of this or picked up on this, but there's this like virus that is keeping us all in our homes. Yeah. No. So, like we can't do live theater right now. <laughs> um, so I miss that. I miss it desperately. But um, so like there was there was definitely I guess God immensely long story short. Um, it, this was not being in showbiz was not like a long time coming it was i flipped a switch and went oh this is what i'm gonna do for the rest of my life and that's just how it's gonna be and okay and i have been incredibly lucky to to get that to happen well then uh, not needing a resume thing was kind of interesting so it really was some of it was at least who you knew i mean you mentioned chuck huber austin tyndall you know people that I've actually been on this show as well beforehand. Uh, speaking of Chuck Huber, now I, I want to know genuinely if I'm the only one uh, who noticed this. When he was on the show, uh, I, I had, I kind of blurted something out that I kind of regretted after the fact. But I'm curious as to see if I was off base with this. I told him, you're a lot more jacked than I thought you were. Oh, he's jacked as hell. Right, right. <laughs> he's jacked as like, hell. <laughs> before we went live, like, he answered my Zoom call, and, like, he was, like, adjusting the camera, and it was just, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I had rippling biceps, which just, like, taking up the entire screen. I was like, Jesus. But I, there, I work with a lot of people in voiceover who could absolutely murder me. Yeah, yeah. It could <laughs> rip me in half. It could break me like a twig. <laughs> Yeah, like speaking of speaking of how heavier the dumbbells you lift, uh, Stephen Fu, who plays Machio, the personal trainer, 
could destroy me. He's he's built like he's triangular. Like this. <laughs> Brandon McInnes could kill me. Michael Tatum could kill me. They could all destroy me in a fight. Yeah, fair, fair. I mean, you and I both. I'm like five foot seven, and I look like I weigh eighty pounds, soaking wet. But speaking of how heavy the dumbbells, <laughs> guys. Odd transitions aside, I have a confession. Now, guys, I like to pride myself in typically being an honest person, you know, and, you know, mm -hmm. someone whose integrity is very important to them. However, when I reached out to our very own Maddie Morris, I said there were some characters that I was a legitimate fan of, one of which was Hibiki, the main character from How Heavy the Dumbos You Lift. Now, guys, I don't like admitting this, but that was a bold-faced lie, lying through my teeth. I'd never seen the show, but... And when, you mentioned her first. I did. You opened I did. with that. I was a snake. But when you <laughs> got back to me, I was like, all right, I'll have at least a surface-level knowledge of the show. But guys, if I'm lying, I'm dying. One episode after the other. Completed it within a month, if that. It is incredible it's funny without being too campy it's very wholesome shows a lot of togetherness and you know just kind of bringing people together in the face of you know we'll get we'll dive into the character more here in a little bit but i do want to say it is and i 100 percent am thankful for this and have it to thank it is the reason i did not gain weight during quarantine legitimate workout advice but before we dive too much into it Maddie, give us an overview overview of my girl Hibiki. Tell us any funny anecdotes involved with getting the job, any unique approaches to it, or just anything about Hibiki. So this is this is fun. Um, when this show got uh, announced um, as like an upcoming series, I looked at it and I immediately went, "God, I want to work on that." And um, Generally, I am, and I've gotten, I've gotten better about this now, um, where if there is a property that I am interested in, especially if it's, you know, Funimation, since I've got a history with them now, I will reach out to our talent coordinator who handles the 600 plus actors in, in the, you know, the local talent pool um, and say, hey, I know this is coming up. I, I'm interested in being involved or, or reading for it or, you know, if auditions are, are happening or whatever. Um, but with dumbbells, I kept that under my hat and like professionally, but I did tell all of my friends, um, like industry friends, you know, other people who knew that the show was upcoming. I told my, my boyfriend at the time and I was like, I want to be in this so bad. Um, and, and there was, and there was definitely a thing of like looking at the character art. I'm like, I don't think like this instrument that I got is really going to fit any of these girls. And, but you know, it's just, I'm very excited for the show. It looks fun. It looks cute. It looks wholesome. Um, and there was like a, there's like a director's meeting or whatever. And Jade Saxton who directed said, so I'm thinking about using Maddie for my lead in dumbbells and like four people in the room went, oh God, yeah, she really wants to do that. She <laughs> desperately wants to be in that show. She was, oh, well, I had no idea. Okay. Um, and I talked to uh, Morgan Loray, who was the, the assistant director uh, who also plays uh, Ayaka Uehara in the show. Um, and she said, she said that uh, when she and Jade were casting, they sat down with note cards. Like they watched the first episode and they sat down with note cards and wrote three actors' names 
for each character. Cool. And then it was like, all right, we're going to flip over and, you know, our, our first pick and we're going to discuss, you know, and, and this is how we're going to cast together. Um, she said, we started with Hibiki and our first pick was you. Independently, oh. independently of each other, you were the first person that we thought of. And I was like, <laughs> so for okay. Me. I'm going to need a minute. Um, which it's, it's that's that's so f freaking flattering, and you know if I'm feeling down about myself, I'm like, hey, you remember that time? Um, and I had, so, I I had so much fun getting to play with her. Um, I love playing loud girls. I love playing girls with no chill. Um, uh, the weirdest thing about how much I love Hibiki is the fact that I hate doing eating noises for <laughs> anime. <laughs> um, but they, she says a lot of them. Um, but they can be gross and weird, and that's fine. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, um, it's, the entire process was a hoot. Um, and uh, I remember at one point, about mid-season, I got, I got strep, and it followed up with no. uh, about three weeks of bronchitis. Um, and I was on, like... I, I went back to the doctor, like, every three or four days. Like, I'm like, it's not going away. It's not going away. <laughs> and finally, they gave me an inhaler. So I was like, I, ha I have to speak for a living. And I can't breathe. Oh, God. Like, please help. <laughs> um, and so the day, I think the day that episode eight was supposed to go up, I went in, like, we pushed it back and pushed it back and pushed it back. I went in that morning uh, with my inhaler. And I was just like, all right. <laughs> Let's do it. And it's there's a real there's one specific line that I was so worried about, and the fact that my voice was in tatters actually kind of made it work better. And there's a sound to it that I think is hilarious that I'll never be able to replicate without <laughs> making myself terribly, terribly ill. <laughs> my God. Well, and it. Definitely, it gives legitimate workout advice too, which is the crazy thing. Like I yes. learned, learned how properly. I went out and bought fucking dumbbells because of this show. Something I'd never had to do before. But, and then like the planks, the planks is what got me because I thought I knew how to do planks and was doing like, you know, like 10 second reps. I didn't know 30 seconds, which is probably why I didn't have blasted abs by now. But <laughs> all aside from that though, guys, I cannot recommend the show enough. I know what it looks like on the surface, but let I know it maybe looks like your typical fan service anime. And if that's your thing, you know, more power to you. But it definitely isn't. Now, it is obviously a comedy, but something that I really enjoyed about the show is it was, while definitely a comedy, the show definitely highlights the struggles that, you know, most women have to face, especially in our society, trying to attain what the mass majority of society kind of considers beauty and kind of Hibiki and Friends' journey to kind of, yes, lead a more ha healthy lifestyle, but to find a more happy lifestyle as well. So I did want to know, throughout the duration of the show, you know, voicing and playing Hibiki, was there ever a moment where, you know, kind of those moments kind of stood out or was there ever a moment that you kind of started to relate to Hibiki, maybe on more of a personal level? Uh, well, here's, here's another thing that's interesting. About the time that I started, uh, that we started working on that show, uh, I was working with a personal trainer for the first time. Okay. 
so I had just made the decision that like, I need to be healthier. I need to be more fit. I need to be more active and I need to take the steps to do that. Um, and so there was a little bit of that, like, that's a nice coincidence. Yeah. Um, and in the, in the first episode, uh, there's a moment very early on, like the very first scene of the show, uh, is I think probably the worst scene of the entire show. Um, because it, it kicks off the action in a way that doesn't put its best foot forward. Um, but then it doesn't live there. So what, what happens is, uh, Hibiki and Ayaka are walking down the street and she's snacking away. And, uh, Ayaka says something about like, oh, hey, you know, some people, yeah, sure. Some people like thick girls, you know, if you're trying to make a statement that says you don't need a boyfriend, like good for you, but you know, whatever, I'm just the messenger. Don't blame me. Bye. Uh, and there was a moment where I was like, oh no, is this what this show's gonna be? And that is what motivates, like it's a it's her best friend needling her to make these healthier changes. And she decides of her own accord that, you know what, maybe I am gonna go check it out. Hmm. And there's very much a teenage girl mindset for most of the show about like, I wanna get hot so I can have a boyfriend. And they continue to make jokes about that throughout the series, but that is never the driving force behind the action. And I think that's so satisfying that it's, you know, they're so, uh, they're so supportive of one another and one another's particular goals and one another's particular attributes. Like by the end of the first episode, I think, um, uh, Akemi talks to Hibiki about like, oh my, how do you eat? How do you eat like that? I, teach me how to eat like this. Like, this is amazing. Like, you're going to be able to build muscle mass. Like, so amazing. Like, this is incredible. Like, how do you do that? How do you put this, like, um, and it, it's, and like with, uh, 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 with, with Miss Tachibana, their teacher, who is like a closet secret cosplay, like, celebrity, uh, and that's like, that's why she wants to get fit, so she can be a better cosplayer, and she keeps that a secret from her students, and there's comedy that comes out of that, but it, the show never shames her for her own hobby. Um, and I, I thought that that whole thing was so refreshing to see, I mean, it's, especially in a cast, you know, with, with, with mostly women uh, about their own bodies, to see them be so supportive and self-motivated or in some cases motivated by like going to, to uh, whatever they call Disneyland in the show. Um, <laughs> you know, fa fantasy anime Disneyland. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's so genuine. Mm -hmm. And that's really what stood out to me about, about the show as we were recording it was that these are people these are genuine people. They aren't caricature, like, I mean, they're wacky, but they're not a caricature of a human being. Like, they're, and, and gosh, probably, uh, you know, mentally and emotionally speaking, much more healthy and mature than a lot of real people. Yeah. They were so, I know. <laughs> they were real. They were people that, you know, I know if they existed in real life, I would genuinely be friends with these people. Yeah. And it's, you know what, I, I thought at one point about, there's that, um, that story about the creator of Sailor Moon, uh, who says, uh, she was like, I was in a dark place, and so I wrote about girls who I wanted to be my friends. And that's absolutely the vibe that I get from, from this show. 
Um, and yeah, and like you said, like legit, really good workout advice. Yeah. Um, and I believe Leah Clark, who uh, plays Miss Tachibana and did the uh, adaptive script writing for the show, um, I believe she used to be a personal trainer? For real? I think that's right. Now that that's come out of my mouth, don't quote me on that. <laughs> but she has... She has some, uh, she has some background in. That's some in, background, in, yeah. Gotta be. So yeah, she had not only you know not only the source material to draw from, but her own you know education and personal knowledge that you know she got to bring to this adaptation. Um, well, and you said yeah. it yourself. I mean, Stephen Fu. I mean, apparently jacked as hell could probably bench press. <laughs> so, so you know. <laughs> no, but before we move on to the next character, guys, I do want to reiterate something. Uh, if you're a younger viewer or just somebody who needs to hear this. Get healthy and work out if that's what you want to do. If you want to lead maybe a more healthier lifestyle or look a certain way for yourself. If you're doing it to attain a boyfriend, you can ask my girlfriend. We're okay. We're not, <laughs> we're not that complex. Uh, we'll, uh, you know, you'll, uh, you'll get one of us eventually. Don't do it for yourself. But uh, with that said, guys, uh, actually, hang on. We're having trouble playing this. Okay. All right, guys, with that said, I want to move on to our next character, who's definitely a little bit more morally gray than he <laughs> That, of course, is the newer addition to the Fire Force game. I, of course, am talking about Inca. So, again, before we kind of dive deeper into this, kind of give us a little bit more overview about Inca, you know, any funny anecdotes or just anything at all? Uh, well, uh, spoiler alert. Um, although, you know what? The relevant episodes are up on, have been, uh, on Toonami. Y'all have had time. Go for it. Um, so I, um, Inca was the first new character that I booked during the COVID quarantine. Um, which is weird to think about now. Um, and uh, so most of, most of Inca I recorded in a little mini booth in my parents' bedroom. Um, I'm living at home through the pandemic. Um, and uh, I remember getting the booking. It was like, hey, are you available for like 15 minutes? to record for Fire Force. And I'm like, oh, they need bits, they need this, they need, like, it's nothing. And I made the mistake of looking at the script and being like, well, here's a new character. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if it's that. I bet it could be that. And I'm like, no, 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 don't. Like, you're gonna get your hopes up. Stop it, stop it, Maddie. Um, I'm like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be bits. It's gonna be fine. You're gonna do your job as an actor and you're gonna let it go. Um, and I was like telling myself that as I was logging on to the call, and Kyle Phillips, the director, goes, okay, so you're going to be playing our new character, Inca. And I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I've never told him that. Um, but uh, that was, it was really exciting because I don't get to play a lot of villains. Uh, I have played one and it was, it was, a, it was a creature villain. So who was, who was very like happy and bouncy and very sweet and like, hi, you're all going to die. Um, so we got a little bit of a different flavor here, um, <clears throat> which was, was terrifying. I mean, terrifying first off, because like, this was, this was the first new character that I was recording without being in the room with somebody who could kind of like hold my hand and lead me, you know, into shaping this new character. Um, 
On top of which, I know what Fire Force is. Like, that's a, it's, you know, and I, I wanted to do her justice. And, and this being a new thing in a new setting in a new recording environment where everything is completely upside down, um, I, you know, I was so, I was so unsure of myself, um, more, I think, than I have ever been walking into a, into a job, um, and I feel so lucky that it got to be Inca, and I feel so lucky that, 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 that Kyle trusts me as an actor, and, like, that was so, like, just incredibly reassuring and really, um, uh, very careful in, in how he, you know, directed in this weird remote way and, uh, you know, led me to where she lived. And I I looked her up a little bit and kind of spoiled myself for some of her stuff. Um, and I thought she was going to be, like, off the wall, like, bonkers crazy. Um, which a lot of the, a lot of the villains are are bigger in Fire Force. But she's quiet crazy, isn't she? I got to be honest with you, when all of those things that you just said, the trials and kind of unique obstacles you had to face in order to find her voice, especially during this pandemic, makes your performance even more spectacular. Because when she got on the scene, I got to be honest, I was like, that's it. The future is Inca. Shinra who? <laughs> God, she was great. So I did want to ask, though, you know, she definitely flirts that line. She's not really, it's kind of hard to pin down whose side she's really on. So with playing this kind of very morally gray character, was that fun or did that also provide some unique challenges? Uh, I had an epiphany at one point. And by I had an epiphany, I mean, uh, somebody on Reddit said this and I went, <laughs> yeah, um, she's an anti-masker. Because there's a scene where she, like, Sheena's like, let us help you! Uh, it's like, do you, like, do you not care that these people have killed innocent people just to get their hands on you? And what she says is, I don't care. Mm. Right, I, I, I'm on board. Like, people die every day. That's not my problem. It's not my business. It's not my, you know, responsibility to, you know, uh, to, to make sure that doesn't happen. Like, who am I? And I'm like, oh, she's an anti-masker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's a COVID denier. Oh no. Okay. Um, and so that kind of brought, especially in that scene where she gets a little more fired up, there was a little bit of that, like, how dare you tell me what to do with my life that I really enjoyed finding in there. Mm -hmm. Um, because she is loopy and she's weird and, and she's, she can come off at times as being a total airhead. And so she's got like, there's this triangle of like airhead and like complete sociopath yeah. and like, I don't know. She's got a danger boner. Yeah. And I don't know how to like <laughs> boil that down into a personality trait. Um, I, th I think I summed it up pretty well. I mean, the future thinker. <laughs> I could have said adrenaline junkie, but no, I said danger boner. Danger boner. No, I like danger boner a lot better. <laughs> All right, guys, before we move on, we're about the halfway point, so I do want to reiterate something. If you guys are new to the show and we're watching this live on Facebook, 
Plenty of you have already messaged VisionCon directly, your viewers' comments and questions. You guys still have time to do so, but you guys can also put it in the live chat over here on Facebook. Again, if you're watching this live here on Facebook. If you're watching this later on YouTube or listening to it later on Spotify, eh, maybe tune in next time. But uh, with that, we're going to go back to our final character. Now, we've talked on, I, I like to see it as kind of a descending scale. We started out pretty happy, pretty normal with how heavy are the dumbbells you lift. Then we got to Fire Force, aka the anime, anime I introduced to my firefighter friend recently. Uh, and then finally, he loves it by the way. Finally, we've gotten to probably one of the more weirder, yet very popular out there animes. That of course is Attack on Titan. So I want to, before we move on to the next segment, I want to talk about Nifa. Now, before we dive too much in, give us just a brief overview, any fun anecdotes, anything at all. Uh, gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, talk about doing things accidentally. Um, <laughs> I showed up at the studio to do a couple of pickups for the last couple episodes of a show called Hyoka. Um, which, uh, for, for a character who is the polar opposite of, uh, of Inca, uh, sweet little girl. And I went in to do a couple of pickups and, uh, my director, Mike McFarland, uh, said, great, um, that's all we need. Um, do you want to be like the second person to record in this, uh, new season of Attack on Titan? And I said, heck yes, I do. And he goes, all right, pull it up. And at the time, Nifa's character was called female soldier like 24b or whatever um and so there was you know there was uh no, like it was a bit and there was no guarantee that she was gonna come back or anything or, or be anybody or anything and I didn't read the manga I didn't know who she was um and I ran into Mike in the studio uh a couple of weeks later I guess and he was like hey your girl's back and she has a name and I'm like oh hell yeah okay um and uh and 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 most of her scenes are pretty are pretty subdued she doesn't see a whole lot of action um but her <laughs> spoiler alert ah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh her last scene of the show uh is uh is a scene with levi um played by matthew mercer um who i am a big fan of um and uh, <laughs> Matt and I were guests together at Acon in Dallas a couple of years ago. Oh yeah! And some like some friends of mine from high school were uh, were attending the convention. Um, and they said, "Oh, did you meet Matt Mercer?" And I was like, "No, I don't want to." Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, like, you can swear on this. You already, you already have. I, I, I was not I almost said a bad word. I was like, oh. um, uh. Yeah, but they were like, oh, did you, did you talk to Matt Mercer? And I was like, I'm not going to go fucking introduce myself to Matt Mercer. No, like, it's like, I'm not, it's like, yeah, I'm, who the fuck am I? Like, I'm going to walk up to Matt Mercer and be like, um, hi, I'm also, I'm also a voice actor. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I do also animate too. Hi. <laughs> yes. Um, and at one point they physically dragged me over to him. I'm like, hey, she doesn't want to talk to you, but she's an attack on Titan with you. And I'm like, God <laughs> Damn it, you people! Like I, I'm, I'm a professional. <laughs> I'm very cool. Um, and that was awkward. And now that I've told that story publicly, I 
God, I'll, uh, now I'll never forget it. Um, and I hope he doesn't remember that <laughs> so I can make a second first impression someday. Um, but, uh, but that, it, it, being part of that universe is awesome. It's very cool to be a part of, especially that's so vast with such a high cast turnover, you know, um, it's, it's very cool to be in this kind of like melodramatic, you know, dark fantasy. Um, cause I, I think I can count on one hand the number of, of properties that I've been in that kind of, you know, fit that bill. Mm. Um, and it's, I, I mean, again, again, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm just very lucky to have fallen into, you know, being a part of it and I would you know if she had stayed female soldier 24b or whatever I would have been fine with that like I did a you know like I had like a teeny little part in like the new in the in the fruits basket reboot and that the original series was a huge part of my childhood um and so like I would have done I would have done anything it's like you need me come in and like cough twice cool (laughs) um and and yeah, just to to be a part of that that universe is um, really neat. And cool. I'm well. And you've mentioned being lucky several times. And yes, of course, I'm sure there is a tad bit of luck involved in the entertainment industry in general. But I would like to just underline the fact that you know you're incredibly skilled in your craft as well. And that is never more prevalent than it shows a like attack on Titan. I mean, it's very action packed, very it, it, horror elements as well, but I gotta assume it's very dexterous inducing to the throat. And yet, you know, you seemingly do it no problem. So I did want to ask whether it be through Nifa or really any character, is there any things that you do to either prepare for these more intense recording sessions, anything you do during them, or maybe after the fact, what you do to recover the throat? Hydrate. <laughs> um, if, you, if you start drinking water on the day of your session, it's too late. Oh. Um, so like, if I know that I'm walking into what's gonna be a vocally stressful session, um, I will spend the day before kind of drinking water. Um, I, I've kind of fallen off the wagon. I'm not doing it a whole lot right now uh, as much as I should be, but I do pretty classic um, theater vocal warmups um, to make sure that I, what happens, what's, what's happening right now doesn't happen in the booth where I get all this like vocal fry and kind of weak sounding. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I didn't warm up for you, sir. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, but sometimes if you're doing anime, you don't necessarily know if what you're gonna do that day is gonna take a toll on you. Like, um, I, I had a, a little role in a show called How Not to Summon a Demon Lord, where in episode like 11, like my character shows up in episode 10, in episode 11, she basically goes Super Saiyan. <laughs> um, and uh, we, we previewed this like couple of cues and it was one big scream, <laughs> one giant scream, and then about 30 to 40 seconds of just very intense, like, groaning, like, shredded, like, transformation kind of, like, monstrous thing happening. 
And it was a very emotional moment leading up to that. And I, I imagine that this, like, this is my Attack on Titan moment in a different show. Um, and I, I imagine that a lot of Titan actors have had a similar experience here where there's this very dark, dramatic, emotional thing leading up to this very uh, vocally intimidating couple of cues. And Jeremy Inman goes, uh, do you want to take a break and then come back and do this last couple of things? And this was like 9.30 at night. Uh, and I'm like, you know, no, like I'm in it. I'm about to cry. Like, let's just go. I'm in it. Let's do it. And I did this big scream. And then I sat down on the floor for a little while. No. I'm like, uh, hang on, hold up, hang on. It's like, no, I'm lightheaded. I'm gonna sit down. <laughs> I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take my break now. Give me, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll be right back. I'm just gonna. <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, we did that, like, extra, like, whatever, 30, 40 second cue, and then I went home. Um, and the best thing that you could do if you walk into a session that you're not prepared to have to do that, uh, don't talk for, like, a day. Um, again, hydrate. That's the best thing that you can do for your voice. If you need to soothe your throat, uh, hot tea, honey, lemon. Um, there's this uh, extremely magical honey and loquat uh, Chinese like cough syrup, like herbal cough syrup. Um, I uh, one time I blew out my voice uh, in the middle of a session, and Chris Bevan said, "Come with me, have a spoonful of this," and I recorded for another hour. <laughs> um, it's it's a band aid, certainly not a cure, definitely a band aid. <laughs> you still have to take care of yourself. You can't just like drink some ancient Chinese secrets and then you know you are you are become god um you still have to take care of your instrument um and there were i had the i was in a borderlands dlc recently uh and uh i had to go and this was we recorded last january i believe somewhere in there uh and i had to go in the work the next day Ooh. like or two two days later um after i had done like the all the being on fire you know cues for video games and I, I showed up to work on Sunday morning and I was like, okay, this is what I sound like. I'm not gonna talk about this. No. Uh, my boss was like, are you good? I'm like, no, I mean, yeah, I'm good, but like, you're not gonna hear a lot out of me today. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, my, my boss at my day job uh, uh, used to be an actor and also did some, some, some voiceover stuff uh, really? in her day. Um, so she got it. Yeah. She's like, okay. She's like, okay, drink this. What do you, whatever you need. Uh, it's like, um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, hydrate, 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 water, all the water, so much water, warm up when you can rest. If you don't get to, um, don't whisper either. Whispering is bad for your voice. If you blow out your voice, don't whisper. It's worse for your vocal cords than just trying to speak out loud. Um, <clears throat> I don't know the science behind that. I'm not a doctor, but that's my understanding. Um, You'd know better than us. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I've been told. I hope that's not, you know, just anecdotal. Alrighty, guys. Well, if you haven't already, you still have time to either message VisionCon directly or Put it in the live chat if you're watching this live on Facebook. However, it is now your final opportunity to do so because ladies and gentlemen, we're in the plug zone. Maddie Morris, now is it your opportunity to plug, promote, advertise, whatever verb you want to use, anything you want, the floor is yours. Oh my gosh, okay. Um, I have a website. 
It's madelinemorris.actor. You do have to spell my name correctly to get there. I know it's hard. I'm sorry. Um, I got a shop. I got prints. I'll do voice message messages. I'll do video messages. I won't stumble over the words that you want me to say like I just did. Um, I'll be very professional about it. It'll be great. Um, I take requests. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a monkey. You know, make, <laughs> make, make me dance. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, goodness. There's stuff that I wish I could tell you guys about. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, which is at Maddie Morris VA, uh, as soon as I can announce things, I will put them there. And I have at least one thing coming up that I'm very, very excited to share with people. Um, I've been very hype about it and I have been for, for several weeks. Um, so there is a thing in the works. Um, but in the meantime, if you guys would like to watch a show about cute girls who fight big monsters with big weapons, Always. Uh, go check out Assault Lily Bouquet uh, on Funimation.com. I play Moyu Mashima, who is an airheaded weapons expert. Uh, and I was also the adaptive scriptwriter for the whole show. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I put a lot of I put a lot of heart and soul into that one. Sunshine that out. That's cute. And guys, I got all those links if you're watching this live on Facebook, all in the live chat here on Facebook, or if you're watching this later on YouTube, gonna be down there in the description box below. And with that, we're done with the plug zone and going to the final segment, viewers, comments, and questions. So real quick, let me bring up the messenger and I'll do it like we usually do, guys. Half from the messenger and half from the live chat. So I bring up the messenger. I'll go through the live chat real quick. All right, so a bunch of people saying hi. We've got Aaron saying he's trying out his Chromecast and, or Chromecast rather, and you guys are on my TV. What's going on, Aaron? And Yay! Hello from your TV! If you, uh, if you had kids in the room, sorry if I cussed. <laughs> sorry for all the swear words we did. Ah. All right. So Chris tuned in and said, hey, Madeline, what was it like voicing Misato in, and I'm going to butcher this, Nichijo? Yeah. And do you have a favorite bit from the show? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It was amazing. Okay, so this is this is another one of those things. Gosh, uh, I probably owe Jade Saxton my life at this point. Um, after, I mean, she she put me in dumbbells. She gave me my first villain and my first creature role. And as we were finishing recording um, Magical Girl Raising Project, like she was signing me out and I was making small talk. And I said, like, hey, what are you directing next season? Like, you got your next show yet? And she goes, oh, I'm actually, it's not a broadcast dub. We're going to do... Uh, we're gonna do a dub uh, straight to Blu-ray. Uh, it's this little show called Nichijo, and I screamed out loud <laughs> um, because I, as a, a, a degenerate college student who stole my anime, I don't do that anymore, and neither should you. Um, but I did, I did pirate Nichijo in college to watch. I, well, I say, I say, I pirated it. It was on YouTube at the time. Like, come on. <laughs> but I loved Nichijo in college. Um, and it, uh, it, it, it tickled me endlessly that it was, that it was going to get a dub because not too long before it had been released on Blu-ray sub only. And we were like, well, that's it for that. That's not going to happen. Um, and I found out we were dubbing it and I shrieked out loud. And a couple of weeks later I got called in to play a girl who screams a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Misato is hysterical. Uh, I refer to myself as a tsundere. Uh, and I literally just told somebody this like, two hours ago, um, uh, that I, I love relating with, with tsundere, uh, characters, because, you know, 
I don't think of myself as being a mean person, but I, you know, it's like somebody I had a crush on told me a funny joke and I told him to fuck off. Uh, you know, that's my knee jerk reaction. Um, like, I don't know why I do that. Like, um, and that's kind of Misato's whole vibe. Um, but there is an episode later in the series where she accidentally breaks Sasahata's glasses. <clears throat> um, and she says something about, oh, she's, oh, she's, uh, she's like, I broke his glasses, so I'm gonna hold on to his arm, and I'm gonna walk him through the school, and it's gonna be fine, and everybody's staring at him, because, like, oh my god, they're, hold, like, holding hands, uh, and she says, uh, <laughs> she said, what, what did she say? She says something along the lines of, like, oh, man, everyone is staring. I could die. I'm dying. I'm literally dead right now. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. Sasahata's probably blind without his glasses. So, yeah, I'm helping out a person in need. I'm like a seeing eye dog. An embarrassed, dying, seeing eye dog. <laughs> uh, I think that's my favorite moment of the show. <laughs> uh, about a year or two ago, I, uh, I saw a woman wearing a Sundere Girls Make the World Go Round shirt. And... Uh, to this day, I regret, I couldn't really path a, path a, make a path in my mind where I thought a 25-year-old man approaching this random girl being like, I, I want your shirt. I, I feel like that wouldn't have, <laughs> wouldn't have pathed out well. But, uh, okay. So Austin tuned in and said, hey, Maddie, quick question. What's your favorite RPG game growing up? Uh, Final Fantasy XII. Hell yeah. <laughs> one of six people who like that game. <laughs> I cannot tell you how happy I am to hear that. I thought I was the only person who loved Final Fantasy XII. Twelve is great. Uh, I love I love Pinello. Uh, I Balthier is my husband. Uh, Fran and Balthier are just Han Solo and Chewbacca, but with more sexual tension. Uh, the entire story is basically Star Wars Episode Four. Like, let's be honest, which is my favorite and the best. Uh, don't don't at me. I'm not gonna have Star Wars discourse with you guys. Um, you can at me about Final Fantasy Twelve. Yeah, at me about Final Fantasy XII. We'll talk about Final Fantasy XII. Um, I love that game. I bought the guidebook. Uh, I was about six hours into the game, and I, I loved it, and I was like, well, shoot. And then I bought the guidebook so I could 100% it, and um, <clears throat> six hours into the game, I already slaughtered my chance at 100%ing the game, because no. uh, there, is a, there is a hunt that you can get like way later in the game that requires a, some random ass item that you pick up in the first dungeon and I'm like, I don't see any use for this. I'm going to sell it. And then I found out that I literally cannot complete the game without it. Well, I mean, I can complete the game. I can't 100% the game. Sure, which is basically the same thing to exactly. me because I'm an insane woman. Uh, but no, gosh. Oh, man. that No, I love that game. I love that game so much. Um, I also love Bastion, which is uh, oh, yeah. the first game from Supergiant Games who uh, has just kicked ass with Hades. So if y'all like Hades, you should check out their other games because I will stand, I will stand Supergiant Games for the rest of my life. Okay, Bastion, Transistor. Transistor's beautiful. Yeah. Oh my God. They're all, they're all beautiful. Huh? Yeah, speaking of beautiful though, I mean, yeah, Balthier definitely, uh, if there was ever a Final Fantasy character who, uh, <clears throat> it, was de it would definitely be Balthier. Get out of here with Zidane. Final Fantasy 9. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you're right. <laughs> Anyway, all right, so doo -doo -doo, let me bring up the messenger real quick. Okay, so uh, Susan tuned in and said, hey, Maddie, I just wanted to know, did you, oh, God, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, did you love playing Richmond in 
Yeah. Ulysses Jean Dark. Yeah, I, I nailed it. I feel like I nailed it. Um, if you want to get super French about it, Jean Dark. Oh, we didn't damn. get super French about it. Um, <laughs> uh, no, yes, I love her. I love, I love Richemont. She, um, uh, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, um, with the podcast, The Adventure Zone, uh, by the McElroy family. But uh, Anthony Bowling, who directed that show, uh, directed the dub, and I are both real big fans of the McElroys. And uh, he messaged me one day and he said, hey, I got the show uh, coming up. I'm going to put you in it. Uh, Here's your character. You're my Magnus, which if you listen to the Adventure Zone and that means anything to you, then then you know how I felt. Um, And she's, uh, I love getting to play this like, more subdued like battle action military kind of girl um i don't get a whole lot of that um so that was that was very cool and very fun and i liked um this kind of this kind of unrequited love thing that that cropped up towards the end of the series which i'm always a huge sucker for um I just that trope hurts me deeply and uh getting to to play in that space um as this character that i that i'm really enamored with um was very very cool uh i wish she i just you know what i just wish she didn't have to go to war and had been in the show a little bit more <laughs> all right we got time for about two more guys uh, my next one's gonna be from rose who said do you have any fond memories connected to love tyrant <laughs> huh. Yeah, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I think I was the target audience for that show. Because um, okay. I, I loved, I love stupid rom-coms. I, uh, you know, despite myself, I like harem shows. Um, <clears throat> and I love that the whole premise was a goof on Death Note. Um, that was the second time, second, maybe third time that I played, uh, Austin Tyndall's little sibling, uh, which is weird. Um, but uh, Akko is great. Um, and uh, I, play a, I play a lot of girls with, with pixie cuts and low voices and attitudes. Yeah. Uh, because when I started working at Funimation, I had a pixie cut and I still have a low voice and an attitude. <laughs> um, but uh, I, gosh, oh my gosh, that was so long ago. I. Those, a million years ago was it like 2017 <laughs> which is basically a million years ago at this point um gosh oh boy oh no i wish i could remember more about that show i'm sure watching it i would come up with some other weird goofy thing about it um but i did really enjoy i really enjoyed aqua i liked i liked you know again it's that thing about like i just like this kind of show and i really enjoyed being a part of it all right so final question before we wrap things up guys Allie tuned in and said, hey, Maddie, I'm trying to become a voice actress, and I wanted to know, is it hard for a female to get into the industry, or is it relatively equal? Uh, I, at this point, I would totally say it's relatively equal. Uh, there was a time um, when anime was first starting to get dubbed. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why I just assumed that you were talking about anime, but... Well, I'm speaking. I'm speaking from my experience. Yeah. Um, there was definitely a time when anime started to get dubbed in the U.S., where the shows that were getting chosen to, uh, to get licensed uh, were predominantly male casts, like very, very dude-heavy casts. 
Um, and that's not the case anymore. Um, between Funimation and DFW and Sentai in Houston and, and Bang Zoom and Studiopolis and NYAV Post and all those studios out in, in, in LA, um, not to mention like the smaller studios like Coaches Sound and Sound Cadence Studios, like there is such a volume of stuff getting dubbed and there is, and, and especially with, with COVID, I mean, the silver linings, everybody everywhere is opened up to, to the industry now. Like if you have, if you have the equipment, I mean, it's, that's a, that's a good, that's a big old sink into time and money. If you have the equipment and the talent, almost nothing will stop you. Um, and those are, I mean, I'm not, don't get me wrong. Those are two very big hurdles to jump. Um, but I am always excited to see new blood in the industry and new talent and hear new voices and hear new instruments. Cause like me growing up, like there's part of the reason that I was like, I don't like, I didn't aspire to be a voice actor because I got a weird sounding voice, man. Like, listen to this thing. <laughs> um, I can't like, there was, there was a time when I was starting out where people would confuse me for like a couple other actors. And I would always point out, no, listen for a, a word with an R in it because it sounds <laughs> like it's all the way at the back of my throat. Um, and that's, I say things weird. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, but the fact that like one, the fact that that doesn't matter really uh, has been cool. Um, the fact that I've been able to play and expand and learn, you know, kind of where these other character voices can come from and where I can put my voice in my mouth and my chest and my head and all these different, you know, vocal qualities that I can make, like the ability to play and learn about that stuff has been a huge asset. And the, I feel like the more that you can do that to present on your way into the industry, the better job you're gonna, you know, you're going to do it at, 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 at selling yourself. Um, I mean, there, it will, it will never hurt to know your body the best. Um, which also like take stage classes, take dance classes, like take mime, you know, other stuff that like gives you an opportunity to get to develop this relationship with your whole body so you can learn to channel that physicality through your voice. Um, this isn't the advice that you ask for. Uh, it's just something that's on my mind. <laughs> um, uh, but, but no, it's, 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 I would say extremely equivalent um, in terms of generally uh, men and women um, uh, getting their foot in the door in the industry and our non-binary friends uh, are, are having uh, so many more opportunities come up in, in anime and in independent projects, indie video games, visual novels, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. Like the fact that it's an independent project does not mean it's a lesser project. Like go out for that stuff. Like audition your butt off. Um, get that experience. Like the more, you know, I can look at something that I recorded five years ago and go, oh my God, why did they put me in that? That's, I did such a bad job. Um, but that's not necessarily me doing a bad job. That's me now being better as a result of having continued to do the work. 
Um, so do not be afraid of, is it going to be hard to, to break into the industry? Um, the industry is everywhere now. It is everywhere. I record in my closet now. <laughs> <laughs> like, man. Um, yeah. Best of luck. Tweet me or like DM me if you've got, you know, further questions on that. Only you. Only you. Only you. No one else. Nobody else. <laughs> We're not going to answer anybody else's questions about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that's about all the time we got for episode 47 of VisionCon Live. Before we wrap things up, Maddie, any final thoughts or words of wisdom to leave us on? Oh, you said <laughs> words of wisdom, and now I feel like I have to come up with something like... Profound? Yeah! Pressure. Um, don't squat with your spurs on. Hell yeah. <laughs> I cannot think of a better line. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been episode 47 of VisionCon Live. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I, of course, am your host, Zach Wilson, but much more importantly, this has been our very special guest, Maddie Morris. Make sure to check out all the links down in the description box below. And until next time, guys, always remember that life's better when you have friends to share it with.